Hello, this is Bad Vibes. Today's video is camping and hiking stories. Some are true. Some are most likely fiction, but are stated to be true. Either way, they're good stories. Joining me today is Matt Chatter. Make sure you go sub to him. His link will be in the description, and let's try to get him as much subs as we can. So sit back, relax, get your graham crackers and marshmallows ready, and don't forget your chocolate. And enjoy. Years ago, when I was still a teenager, my friend Justin and I would often go longboarding at night as my friends and I were quite the night owls. We loved the freedom of almost never seeing another soul on the roads or the paths that we frequented. Even when using main roads, it would be very rare to see a car out so late in such a rural area and you could see or hear them coming from very far away and the noise of the vehicle disrupting the peaceful silence of the night. We were really into it at the time and would often ride our boards for miles and miles, sometimes not even arriving home until the sun was up. On one particular night, we decided to ride a few miles away from our usual back roads to take one of our favorite hidden routes. It began with a narrow, paved path that was the only piece of land separating the two sides of the lake. It would often sink under due to the rain, and we wanted to seize the opportunity to use it before it rained and went underwater again. It was roughly two miles long and was an extremely relaxing ride due to the amazing scenery. After making it to the end of the lake, we decided to continue and turn into a very close path that leads directly into the densely wooded wilderness. As we come up to the first hill, we look down at the bottom into the blackness. We noticed what appeared to be a teeny moving ball of dim light down there. It moved so strangely and it was extremely difficult to make out what it was. Rather than shine our flashlights down, we curiously watched it for a few moments, whispering to each other about what it could possibly be. All at once, the small light turned into multiple blinding lights and extremely loud revving sounds overwhelming our senses that we had been accustomed to in the dark and silence. Acting purely out of fear, we instantly turned around and ran as fast as we could, hearing yelling and revving gaining behind us. By sheer luck, we managed to run off the path into a very dark, very overgrown hole in the side of the hill, overlooking where we just came from. We decided to hide in the natural dugout of this hill, hoping the plants in the darkness would be enough to protect us from whatever was happening out there. We watched our pursuers ride up to where we had originally been standing. There were four men, two on four-wheelers and two on full-size motorcycles. They were yelling at each other about something but we couldn't make out what they were saying due to the distance we had covered. We felt safe enough to whisper very softly to each other and speculated on who these people could be. At first we thought they might be park rangers of some kind, although we had never seen one here in the many times we had been through. And honestly, we doubted that this county had the budget or even the desire to have anyone patrol the deep woods at night. Besides that, these men were on vehicles entirely inappropriate for the paved bike trails and they were very angry about something. They called at us for a while, yelling things like, We know you're out there. We can see you. Come out. We stayed silent and decided to call their bluff instead of running. We clearly heard one of the men yell, Find them now, and smash the bottle. That had erased any hope we had that these were just park rangers. We watched them split up, each of them going in a different direction, down a series of paths on their vehicles, including the path we came from. It took us for what felt like ages to even move. 
We were frozen in terror inside that dugout, watching the lights of the vehicles travel through the woods and paths. One of them already coming full circle and passing the point he had started from. I thought about calling for help, but I was too afraid to open my phone in fear that even the smallest amount of light would give away our location. After waiting for the lights of the vehicles to reach the furthest distance, we finally summoned the nerve to get up and try to run somewhere far enough away from these people to safely make a call. We ran as hard and as fast as we could through the woods. Since their headlights gave away their locations on the paths, we would hide again whenever we felt like they were getting too close. Our available hiding spots were getting progressively worse as the woods became less dense. And the fear I felt waiting for one of them to drive past while basically being covered in leaves and plants may still be unmatched to this day. Finally, we emerged from the woods onto an intersection of two main roads far from where we started. We ducked down into a ditch and called for help. When I opened my phone, I noticed I had recent calls from one of my other friends, Connor, who was supposed to meet up with us after our long board excursion. I called him and frantically asked him where he was. Luck was with us again. He hadn't given up with our plans despite us ignoring him and was only a few miles away, already heading in our direction. I gave him the names of the two streets we were near and explained to him that we needed him to pick us up right away. He agreed to speed over to us while Justin and I waited in hiding. Connor arrived before those men did. We bolted into the back seats of his car, yelling at him to get out of there, and he took off. Relief doesn't begin to describe what I felt being safely driven home after everything we had just experienced. After we explained everything that had happened, we ended up just moving on with our night and decided not to call the police. We figured that they would be gone by the time any officer made it out there, and that we would only be putting ourselves at risk by admitting we broke the law by taking those paths so late at night. I still have no idea what happened or who those people were. I've been told all kinds of theories from friends and family that have heard the story. Some think that we might have walked in on a huge drug deal. Justin and I later admitted to each other that when the revving started, we couldn't see. Our minds went straight to a chainsaw wielding horror movie serial killer. So I suppose it could have been much worse. Frustratingly enough, whatever those men thought that we saw that made them want to catch us so badly, we never actually saw. We'll never really know, I suppose. I live in a boring little town in Florida. It's an uneventful place. So for fun, or maybe just out of pure boredom, my friends and I would meet up and take late night walks around our town. We would usually meet up across the street from these woods, right next to a small abandoned fire station, down the road from a gas station. On this particular night, my friend wanted to go explore this path that cuts directly through the woods. It was about 1am and I thought it might make for a cool adventure, so I was obligated. We cross the street and make it into the mouth of the trail. I should mention that there was construction going on at the left hand side of the woods. So it was fenced off, but the lights from the site slightly illuminated the trail, so we didn't really need flashlights. I had this uneasy feeling right off the bat, like we were being watched, but I chalked it up as being nerves and an overactive imagination. We continued down the trail, and I start to notice weird shit, like branches breaking and leaves crunching, just out of view. I tell my friend that maybe we should leave, and not 10 seconds later, the lights of the construction site shut off. Fucking great. But the moon was pretty full, so I wasn't too worried. We didn't walk that far, so I could still make it out of the mouth of the trail. We decided to walk back, and I felt relieved. Then I noticed it, 
Crouching down in a bush not five feet away with someone watching us. I tell my friend to run and we book it and I can hear this person running after us. We keep running and eventually make it out of the woods and across the street. I turn back to look and I see him right at the mouth of the trail. The dude was completely naked and looked insane. He has this glass bottle in his hand and throws it in our direction. He then grabs a rock and other things he finds on the ground next to him and starts throwing them as well. We make like trees and get the fuck out of there. We didn't stop until we made it to the gas station. That's when I noticed my friend was bleeding pretty bad from his arm. And he tells me that right after I grabbed him to run, something hit his arm. Upon further inspection, I noticed my friend had a huge piece of glass sticking out of his arm. He ended up needing 15 stitches. We called the cops and explained what happened. Partially because we didn't want anyone else to get hurt and partially because we didn't feel safe with that guy running around. When the cops searched the woods that morning, they found signs that someone was living in there and more disturbingly, bloody clothes that looked like it belonged to a little girl. I never heard anything about it since. I used to live in a small farm growing up, but as soon as I was 18, I moved out instantly. And let me tell you why. When I was 12, me and my best friend Zach, who lives down the road, used to go in the woods and play. Since we lived in the country, there was almost nothing to do. We would always explore and pretend to be treasure hunters. I used to always take my dad's old cowboy hat, and Zach would take a small shovel every day. But if there was bad weather, we would just play games on the Nintendo 64. We would always go a bit deeper into the forest every time we went in. We usually managed to find something interesting in the woods, like old coins, water bottles, some nice looking stones, and some other things. Yeah, you know, really lame stuff, but we were kids at the time, and we always thought of it as some sort of treasure. I had a small box under my bed that I put things that we found in it, and so did Zach. We had an awesome childhood, but then some creepy shit started happening over some time. One day when we were exploring the forest again, we came across a well. We got really excited, thinking we found something good, and we checked it out. But there's nothing special about this dry well. We pretty much got our hopes up for nothing. The next day was Friday, and when we got back home from school, Zach went back to his house and I went back to mine. Not long after having a snack, Zach was at my door. I grabbed my dad's hat and opened the door, and when I opened it, Zach was there with two other boys. They were much bigger than Zach. Zach introduced them as his cousins, saying that they were staying with his mom and dad for the weekend. Their names were Danny and Simon, three years older than me and Zach. They wanted to come with us to the woods, so I agreed. It was just a normal day for the most part, but Zach's cousins were total assholes, saying it sucked being in the woods and asking how we never got bored out there. Later that night, around 11pm, I got knocks at my bedroom window. It was Zach and his cousins. They told me to come down. I managed to get downstairs without awakening my parents. I opened the door and the cousins asked me if I wanted to go back to the woods. I had never been there at night before, and to be honest, I didn't want to go, and I told them that. And then they said, you're lost. They went off in the direction of the tree line. I then changed my mind, grabbed my dad's hat, and ran after them. I caught up with them, and we started walking deeper into the woods, and I was scared shitless. And by the look of Zach's face, he was scared as well. The cousins stayed in front of us, shining their flashlights on the spooky trees. I noticed that we were going in the direction of the well. I had known that forest like the back of my hand, so I had a plan in case shit hit the fan. We were coming up on the well, and suddenly the cousins stopped and turned off their flashlights. We asked them what was wrong. They stood there like statues. 
Then we went around them since we were behind them, and I froze as well. There was a person standing in front of the well, not looking in our direction, thankfully. I stood there like a statue, not knowing what to do. Then one of the cousins, I think Simon, whispered, Turn around slowly and walk slowly. Don't make any sudden moves. I complied, and we turned around and started walking back slowly, so that the figure wouldn't notice us. Then something terrible happened. I stepped on a stick, and it made a loud snapping sound, and we weren't far enough away from the figure yet, so we stopped again. We all looked back, and the figure was now looking at us. I almost fainted in fear, and Danny screamed, Run! We floored it, and I dropped my hat while running back, but I didn't stop to pick it up. I had no idea if this figure was following us, since our footsteps were all loud and I couldn't make it out. I didn't look back either, so I didn't know. We managed to make it back safely. I ran into my house and slammed the door shut. My parents were awake and I got yelled at, and I was grounded for a week. But they also looked really relieved. My mom hugged me and said I'm glad you're safe. I was confused and asked them what they were worried about. They told me something that made me even more scared. They told me recently an escaped killer was on the loose and he was last spotted a few miles from our area. When my dad saw I wasn't in my room, since he would usually check up on me, and the front door wasn't fully shut, they thought I'd been kidnapped and they were about to call the police when I came through the door. After hearing that, I started crying. My parents asked me why, and then I told them what happened. Their faces were full of horror after me telling them that, and then they called the police immediately. Later on, they arrived. I explained everything to them. They said that they would take a look in the woods, so they did. An hour later, they came back with nothing, but said the next day they would bring back more cops to search the area and warn me not to go out in the woods again. I barely slept that night because I was so afraid that that man would come back again. The next day, more cops came to our farm and started investigating the woods. They also went to Zach's house. My mom came in and said that she found my dad's hat on the doorstep. Then I remember last night, I had dropped it. How did it get there? I thought about it some more and the man in the woods came to mind. I started panicking again. My parents calmed me down and asked me what was wrong. I told them about the hat and they had a nervous look on their faces. My dad took the hat outside to the cops and I managed to calm down again. And for the rest of the day I just played video games since my parents grounded me. Around lunchtime, we get a knock on the door. I answered it. It was Zach and his mom. I told my parents they were at the door. Then they told us to go in my room and play something. I put my ear against the door and listened. Zach's mom told my parents that Danny wasn't in the house that morning. After hearing the news about the creep in the woods, she began to worry. One thing didn't make sense though, all four of us made it out safely. I was confused. Then Zach told me something that scared the living shit out of me. He said Danny had left the house when they got back. He left when Simon and Zach were sleeping, although Zach wasn't really sleeping. Zach said he looked out the window and saw him walking into the woods. He wanted to stop him, but he was too scared to go out there again, and he never came back. I asked him why he left, and Zach didn't know. Then Simon came over a little later. I asked him if he knew why Danny had left the house. He said he had an idea. Danny always used to carry around his dead mother's ring with him. He always used to keep it in the box, and he would take it wherever he went. Simon checked the box in the morning, and it was empty. He must have dropped it while running from that guy that night, he said. After that day, weeks went by. The guy in the woods was never caught. The cops started to investigate Danny's disappearance. 
he was also never found. And me and Zach never went back into those woods again. I was 20 years old. I had left home when I was 16 years old and decided to explore the world and see what I could find. I've been in Texas and Louisiana most of my life. I went to Missouri, to New York, California, anywhere in the United States I could have decided to go. Finally, I decided to go home. Well, up until then, I had been staying in Oklahoma when I received a phone call from my mom saying she might be dying from cancer. I came to find out later that she actually wasn't. She just wanted me home. I was hitchhiking through Oklahoma and was near Chickasaw National Park. In two days, I hadn't been able to catch a ride, sticking out my thumb doing all that, and nobody stopped. So I said, oh well, and pitched a tent in the national park. I decided to explore some, and I followed the paved road until I got to the camping area. There was a fire pit off a little ways from the road, and it was a clear area. There were picnic tables, so I decided that's where I was going to camp for the night. I decided to explore a little bit, and followed a deer trail into the woods. As I was walking, I looked to my left on the ground, and there was a hawk laying there, with no head, as if it had been burned off. An eerie feeling came over me, but I just brushed it off as me being paranoid. I already had some paranormal experiences, but never came across one where it involved animals. So I walked away and went back into the area that I had decided to pitch my tent for the night. I sat there until it started getting dark and began to set my tent up. I left the tent flap open because it was a very cool afternoon. Finally, night came. The street lamps that were all along the paved road came on. The lights were actually good enough to where I could actually read a book. At that time, I was reading Anne Rice, Queen of the Damned. As the time went on, I started to get sleepy. I reached up to zip up my tent flap and looked over at the street light that was directly in front of my tent. Standing there directly under the street light was a creature as tall as the street light itself. Well, maybe not as tall, but perhaps a couple inches directly underneath it. Its hair was very, very long, and it looked a little hunched. I couldn't see its eyes, because the hair seemed to be there in front of its face. It was all in black, as far as I could tell. But what little skin seemed to stick out was as white as chalk, and the little bit of skin I could see was its hands, which clearly went past its knees. The hands were just hanging there. Its nails were black, very black. So black it seemed to absorbed the light. It just stood there, and it seemed as if the air surrounding it was vibrating. It seemed as if there was a type of static in the air. Now, don't get me wrong, 
I was very startled and afraid. I didn't know what this was. Then suddenly, underneath the hair, I could see white starting to show, and it was as if the creature was smiling at me. It stood there for a very long time. Finally, as I was looking at it, something came over me. Now, you may not believe me. You might say that the story isn't true. But I know that it happened. I know that it happened to me. I grew angry. Very angry. I felt a rage inside me. And it grew very strong. I stared the creature down. I got out of my tent, stood up, and I looked straight at it and said, I am not afraid of you. You have no power over me. It seemed to make the creature laugh, and all that did was make me even more angry. I stood my ground again and told it, I am not afraid of you. You have no power over me. I stood there, staring at it for what seemed like the longest time, white-hot rage growing inside me. When all of a sudden, I heard a loud snap behind me. I quickly turned around to find out what the noise was. There was nothing there. And then a thought suddenly occurred. That thing's probably behind me now. I turned around quickly again and looked towards the streetlight and it was no longer there. I bundled up my sleeping bag after it disappeared. That night, as I slept, I had a horrible nightmare of the creature standing over me, laughing with a toothy grin. The next morning, I packed up my stuff and looked towards the streetlight where that thing had been standing. There was blood on the street lamp pole, I no longer had that anger that I had felt. I was very much afraid. So I gathered up all my stuff and got out of there as quickly as I could. I headed down the highway, stuck out my thumb, and thankfully, someone picked me up. I have never been back to Chickasaw Park since that night. I never plan on going back there ever again. A word of warning. Be careful where you camp. You never know what you might come across. You might not believe what I have written, but it did happen, and it happened to me. This happened when I was 11 years old, which I am now 13, and I still remember it clear as day. I lived in the middle of nowhere, so I didn't have much friends. There was a huge forest though, so I would go out there and play. One day I went out to play, and it was almost around 6.30, so it was getting kind of dark. And let me mention, I live in Wisconsin at the time. I went deep into the forest and everything was good until 7 rolled around. Now I was used to hearing weird noises in the woods, but nothing like this. I heard an awful scream, not human like either. It was like a demon, and it scared me. I was a curious little girl though, and I went to investigate. I got about half a mile in when I saw a non-human-like creature perched in a tree. Now instead of running for my life, I froze in shock and fear, and before I knew it, that thing 
that awful smelly thing was right behind me. I wanted to scream for help, but I didn't. I don't know what this creature could do to me, so I just stood there like a rock, hoping it would leave. It screamed again, but even worse than the first time, and I felt like I was going to go deaf. Eventually, after minutes of that thing staring at me, it flew, and I mean flew up to its tree. I stood there looking at it for what felt like hours. I whipped out my phone. I was going to flash the beam in its eye and try to make a run for it. Now, did I mention that I'm a little chubby for my age? So I couldn't run fast, and that sucked because this creature jumped and ran after me through those woods. I felt my world spinning around me, and as I screamed for help, that creature caught up to me, and I felt like my life was over. I made a mad dash for the bushes, hoping that I was able to hide, which I did. I was waiting in that bush for half an hour, thinking he was gone, so I made a dash to my back door, hoping it wasn't behind me. Instead, he was perched on our air conditioner. I told my parents that very night, and they called me crazy, but I know what I saw. I'm never going in those woods again. Monsters are real. I don't know what this creature was, but who knows what it would have done if it would have got its hands on me. My dad and I went hiking a few days ago. My dad is a waterfall fanatic, and he wants to see as many as possible. So, he and I are hiking along a very pretty trail. We're hiking along a river. It's flowing nicely. There's mountains around us, and the trail is weaving around big beautiful boulders. I'm about 30 feet ahead of him, looking for a spot to stop and sit down for a picnic lunch. As I rounded a blind curve on the trail, I just freeze. Sitting on a stump, maybe about 10 feet off the right side of the trail, is a guy. He's wearing one of those colorful Baja hoodies with the hood pulled up and a half mask with bunny ears. He sees me and stands up right as my dad rounds the corner. We are both sizing each other up in silence. My dad addresses him. What's, what's up, buddy? The masked man tips his head as if he was deciding what to do with us and says back, Not much. You aren't the guys I'm waiting for. Have a good day. Then he turns and jogs off quickly into the woods. Strapped to his lower back was a hunting knife, and he had a pistol on his hip. We lost sight of him pretty quickly. We hadn't seen a soul on the trail all day, and we had been hiking for almost three hours. Needless to say, we left the waterfall for another day, and quickly turned around. Once we were off the trail, we reported it to the local forest service and the police, but they said they couldn't do much, aside from keeping an eye on any suspicious activity. The masked guy didn't have a backpack or water, or anything, which makes me think he either stashed it somewhere or maybe was camping and waiting nearby. I hate to admit it, but I desperately wanted to go after the guy and ask him who he was waiting for and why. A little background story. I'm Tessa and 14. I live in Minnesota and I go to this one campground up north in the middle of nowhere. I've gone to this campground for 11 years and still go there to this day. It was only open for a year or two before we started going there. My mom was really popular there. We knew everyone. They are always having parties and staying up late till 1 o'clock drunk as fuck. This particular night haunts me forever. Me and my friend Chloe were best friends. She was a brunette and I was a wild blonde. She always had this thing where she never really liked sleepovers. This one night, we planned on having a sleepover outside our actual camper. 
Our parents didn't stay out late that one night for some reason. We had a fire and did the regular camping things. It was about one when we decided to go to the shower house with showers and bathrooms. So we were in the shower house planning to hang out because the shower house had a lodge and was the only place that had Wi-Fi. Our data did not work anywhere else because we were in the middle of nowhere. So we planned on staying there till 3 a.m. It was about 2 a.m. and we needed our chargers. We go to the camper to grab our chargers and on the way back, we're just standing outside getting some fresh air before going inside. Chloe is on her phone and around the corner behind her is an old guy or maybe a woman. They looked to be around 100 years old. And this person was walking a rat or it looked like one at least. I scream and tell her what I see and the guy has a crazy smile on his face. We ran as fast as our long legs would let us till we got inside. I started to cry because I was so scared and she was freaking out because she did not see what was behind her. We plugged in our chargers and hesitate to call our parents because we didn't want them to get mad at us and we also wanted to stay out until 3 a.m. We were not supposed to be up past 1 on that night, so we were really freaking out. We were in there for about an hour after we saw this creepy person, and we hesitated opening the door in fear of what we would see. We ended up opening the door thinking that we were trapped and we were going to die, and we ran outside. As we got outside, I saw the old man with something that looked like a knife in his hand around the corner, and he was just staring at us like he was going to do something. To this day, we always remember that night. P.S. Our parents believed us and were mad at us for not calling them. I've been dying to tell this story. Though, I know no one is bound to believe me. I don't even want to tell my parents, in fear that they'll stare at me in disbelief and think that I'm crazy. So, here I am anonymously telling it to a group of strangers in hopes that someone will believe me and give me some peace of mind. It started out a few months ago when we moved into our new home. I grew up in a rural community, but there were plenty of neighbors and mostly fields around, no woods. Given that I am the youngest child, my parents waited until I was done with high school to move as to not affect my already established life. My parents were ready for something a little more secluded, something with a lot of acreage, woods, and a place to shoot. They put my childhood home up on the market, and soon found their dream home, which is where I am currently and desperately writing this story. It's a large, turn-of-the-century house facing 15 acres of land, the majority of which are woods, and a nice half-acre pond. The best part, or so I thought, is that there are no neighbors within a mile of us. At first, I really enjoyed it. Being out in the woods was very much a cathartic experience for me. It helped shed the stress of school and studying. Being among the tall trees and the surrounding nature made all my problems seem totally insignificant so I made a habit of going on regular walks through the woods. As the weeks went on, I started noticing strange things as I went on my walks. I would find partially eaten deer scattered along the leaf-littered ground, accompanied by a putrid, rotting smell 
which I attributed to the carcass in front of me. At first, I thought nothing of it. It was probably coyotes, I would tell myself. Other than that, I thought nothing of it, but started carrying a gun with me on my walks, in case I encountered the animal that was responsible for the carnage I saw in front of me. As the days went on, I started noticing more and more mutilated deer scattered across the floor of the woods. Still accompanied by the rotting smell, which I again attributed to the animals. If the increasing number of mutilations weren't enough, I started to notice a change in the sounds coming out of the woods. What was once a cacophony of sounds was now mostly dead silence, minus the low, guttural growl that seemed to be becoming more prevalent, more pronounced, and more insidious each day. By this point, I had stopped going on my little walks, gun or no gun. I didn't want to risk the chances of facing whatever was causing these events. That being said, my curiosity eventually got the best of me one night, as I heard its growls. I decided that I was going to go and get a trail cam, and set it up out in the woods the following day, in hopes of finally seeing what was out there. I gathered up what little courage I had left, and camera in hand, went walking out into the very woods I had promised myself I would stay out of. I never did get to set up the trail cam. I lost it somewhere in the woods while I was in a panic, running for my life. I made it about 100 yards past the tree lines into the woods, where I decided to stop and set up the camera. I thought it was a good place to set it up, and, quite frankly, I was too scared to go any further. After all, I wanted to spend as little time out there as possible, given the ongoing events, and the fact that it would be dark soon didn't help. Already on edge, every creak of the wood and every crunch in the leaves sent me into a panic. Rushing to set the camera up, I drop it, sending it to the leaf-ridden ground with a thud. Murmuring under my breath, cursing myself for being out there, I bent down to pick up the camera, when I started to smell that putrid smell of rotting flesh again. I carefully looked around, checking my surroundings to see if anything was out there. I could feel something watching me, but I couldn't see anything. Just as I was picking up my supplies off the ground, I heard that low, guttural growl again, as well as the snap of the branch to my right. I quickly turned, seeing a human-like creature standing there, staring at me. I was completely frozen with fear. It had human features, standing on two legs, and it had feet and hands. The two things that threw me off, however, was the fact that its skin was charred black, as if it had been burnt in a fire, and, most disturbingly, it had no upper or lower lips. Although mostly bald, a few thin, straggling hairs stuck every which way out of its scalp. Its sharp teeth were hanging out like hypodermic needles. With the absence of lips, its raw, red gums hung out in the open. Thick strings of what appeared to be saliva dripped off its chin 
in a persistent stream. For one single brief moment, the world around me seemed to stop. I quickly went through my options on what to do. There were really only two viable options. Either stay exactly how I was and get attacked, and most likely be killed by this thing, or I could get the fuck out of there. I chose the latter. I quickly scrambled to my feet and ran as fast as I could, throwing my camera in vain at the creature behind me. In the chaos of what had just occurred, I found myself to be momentarily lost after running in what I thought was the right direction for what felt like 20 minutes, but I'm sure it was only 30 seconds. Looking around and not seeing the spawn of hell that I had just encountered, I stopped to collect myself and try and find my way back to the house. I finally decided on the general direction in which I should head, when I heard a commotion that almost sounded like a horse pounding its hooves on the dirt. I looked behind me and saw that thing, whatever it was, running at me on all fours, mucus-like spit flying out of the corners of its mouth like a rabid dog. I ran as quickly as possible without daring to look right behind me. Although I would not look at it, I could hear its galloping behind me and smell its rotted flesh. Tears ran down my eyes as I thought that there was no way possible to make it out of the woods alive, when I finally saw the lights of my house out in the clearing. Using what little adrenaline I had left to sprint the 200 yards or so to my back porch, I quickly opened the door and slammed it shut, not daring to look out the window. It's been a month now since that happened. I haven't told anyone and I will not dare to go back into those woods. I've been doing a lot of research to see if I could find any clues as to what the thing might have been. I've exhausted myself, but I think I may have come to a conclusion. The closest thing I could find was possibly a skinwalker. I know my sighting doesn't entirely match up with the stories I've heard, but it's the closest thing I've found. Any suggestions on what it might be? would be greatly appreciated. My dad was born in Alabama in 1962. He moved to San Bernardino, California in 1968. He's told me this story many of times. It always gave me the chills. My dad was probably in his early 20s when he went out hiking through the Harupa Trails with his friends in the neighboring city of Fontana. He was on top of a little hill, when below him, on a dirt trail road, a jeep was driving by. But this isn't what's creepy about it. As I took a closer look, a body was being dragged behind it by both feet. They got a little freaked out and left for a while. They went back down to regular Fontana and got something to eat, thinking that they didn't really see what they thought they saw. But when they went back to the same hill a couple hours later, coroners and CSI and tons of cops were surveilling the area. My dad left immediately. Knowing that someone was actually being murdered and dragged is what's really scary about the situation. When I was about 14 or 15, my dad and I went camping with one of his friends at a local park five minutes away from where we lived. The campground is located in the biggest state park in our area with miles of trails, many of which are for horseback riding and or mountain biking in addition to being able to walk the trails. 
The day after we initially set up camp, we decided to hike some of the trails after breakfast. After walking for about 20 minutes, we come up to this group of trees with people both standing on the ground and hanging out in the trees. The odd part is, they were all wearing medieval clothing and they all had some sort of weapon. They asked us if we were part of the clan, and if we weren't, we couldn't pass. We tried to explain that we were just campers walking along this particular trail, but I don't think they got it because they asked us the same question again. One of the people started coming towards us. That's when we started running in the other direction. At the time we weren't sure what these people were and what they were doing out in the middle of the woods. And now that I think of it, it was probably a group of people LARPing. But at the time, we didn't know what LARPing was. I laugh at it now. <laughs>